This show is sponsored by Alicia's Pillows and Things. Check out the Facebook page, Alicia's Pillows and Things, where you will find home decor you will not be able to resist at prices anybody can afford. Check out the pillows and stools of your favorite sports teams. Maybe you want a set of your kid's favorite cartoon or movie character. You can also get full body and neck pillows as well. Log on to NGSCSports.com and go to the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab on the homepage to complete your order. It makes a great gift for Christmas at an affordable price. NGSC Sports. We never stop. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. Everybody forgets Josie's super smart. Just he's he's pretty special. Just ask him. Yeah, he's just, he's just kind of an asshole, just like a goose. Oh yeah. Oh man, those damn geese. Those <laughs> damn geese. Damn geese. That's that's what we blame everything on now. It's just the geese, and we track them down. So. All right, I've got a good stretch in. We're we're limber. We're ready to do this. Welcome to episode two hundred and eighty-one of the Foreign Affair Podcast. My name is Edward Green, joined as always by McCall and Crime, Wes Bradshaw, and uh, we have another dynamite episode of the podcast for you guys this week. We will be recapping uh, the week that was in the Premier League. Uh, a lot of stuff to talk about there, as well as uh, something I didn't realize was happening until about 30 hours ago. Uh, the League Cup is taking place this week. Didn't just... Told you that, like you weren't excited about that. Uh, how could I be not be excited about the Cup with the sponsor that I refuse to say their name because they're the second best energy drink in Vietnam and not the first. So... You don't, you don't, you don't get to be second best and get named on the show, unless we're talking about the Premier League. Sad music playing in the background. Anyway, we'll be getting to that. <laughs> Thank you. That was quite nice, actually. Uh, we'll also have a little bit of uh, news and notes to get through, um, including one story I never made it on the docket and I know is missing, but uh, we'll get on to that as well, uh, as well as of course the watch for. And a little bit of So Elite Raw at the end. Uh, as always, the podcast is presented by NGSC Sports and NGSCSports.com. We never stop. As well as Alicia's Pillows and Things. Hey, sh- Chicago. Chicago fans. I-, I-, I know you guys. You guys are probably feeling pretty down. You guys were on when I last checked uh, about an hour or so ago. You guys were on a Cubs were on a seven-game losing streak. Almost said seven-match losing streak. Seven-game losing streak. 
in Major League Baseball. You guys now are out of the playoffs because Milwaukee won tonight. And, uh, and there's questions swirling about Joe Madden. Is he coming back? A lot of injuries. You know, is Theo going to be back? And I just need to tell you guys, if you if you need something to to hold on tight and hope and pray that the Cardinals and Brewers do not advance very far in the playoffs, although the Brewers probably will because they're going to play the Nationals in the wild card round and, you know, like the Nationals are going to win a playoff round. They might have Max Scherzer going, but we'll see. They'll <laughs> find some way to screw it up. But anyway, hey, hey, Chicago fans, go to Alicia's Pillows and Things on Facebook. Get yourself a custom-made body pillow and hold that thing tight all of October. Because as, as we remember, Dane Cook famously said, there's only one October. And thankfully for Cubs fans, that's true. There is only one. And then it's done, and then you can start thinking about next year. So, you know, if you're a Cubs or fan... you can start thinking about the Bears. There, there you go, which I assume are doing well. Sure. Bears? I, I, I see Arlo tweeting about them on occasion. So, you know, maybe, maybe they're doing okay. They don't suck. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting, interesting, interesting. So, hey, yeah, maybe if you're a Bears fan, hey, I'm sure Alicia's Bills and Things would love uh, to get you started with that as well. Uh, so get yourself whatever kind of Chicago merchandise you want. Uh, maybe it's Blackhawks. Maybe it's Bulls. Probably not White Sox. They, they Bulls? Mm, not Bears? A... Yeah. How about does she have a Mike Dick body pillow? Uh, George went so. Now that's a body pillow I can get behind the Mike Dick body pillow. Oh, beautiful! Where are you going, George? Went it's our time of need. <laughs> it's very true. Um, so yeah, check it out, Alicia's pills and things for all your George went. Maybe you can get a George went body pillow. I'm not I'm sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> But maybe you can make a special request and check out Alicia's Pillows and Things on Facebook. That's an entirely different subgenre once you start getting into that. At least it's not anime, right, guys? Um, so, again, check that out, Alicia's Pillows and Things on Facebook to get your sports. Uh, hey, hey, she does cartoons, too. So maybe maybe, maybe the, 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 the Eastern cartoons can also be on there one day. Um, so, yeah, check that good, out. Uh, good news about George Wendt. Yeah still alive good for him good for him that's awesome um, oh my god do you realize his nephew is jason sudeikis i'm sorry what thank you google for telling me what? everything his sister is jason sudeikis's mom i think now this... we know why the former spurs coach it's quite hilarious. He's I, got wet blood in him. I think this just became the most interesting part of the podcast. My God, I don't, I don't see how anything can top this. To be honest, Sudeikis to win. Wow, eat your heart out, Kevin Bacon. Yeah, which means that Jason Sude, uh, which means that George Wint is that much closer to have banged Olivia Wilde than all of us. It's true. Put it together. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> She's, she's great. She was great on house. Um, 
That's the show. So, hey, Premier League. Let's talk about that. Back to, from ten. Thanks, Alicia's pillows and things. <laughs> oh man, this is what six I'm... degrees of banging Olivia Wilde. Ah, uh, this is uh, this is why we need readers. Yeah. <clears throat> we're not we're not Tony Kornheiser. We can't do it. Also, by the way, just real quick, I uh, somebody I follow on Twitter. Uh, had mentioned that she had done a call-in to an internet show today to talk about a, a particular video game that she works on. And uh, so I was like, all right, I'll check it out on YouTube. And uh, what do I see but two guys sitting behind a table holding up a telephone as as she's calling in, holding up the, the, tel- the cell phone to a microphone. And I'm like, we, we pioneered this. This is us. This is our legacy, Wes Bradshaw. We did this. You watched the all new sports show. Oh man, I wanted to. I wanted to subtweet it, but I felt like it would come off as more dickish than I meant it to. Because really, that was that was just kind of nuts. So uh, you think we're being dicks? We're not. We're just thanking you for carrying on our true legacy. Yeah, our legacy of being incredibly suboptimal. Um, oh, yeah, that was. I. Just, I I was baffled. I'm like, this. It's 2019. This Major is- League Vampire, Jim Joyce. Oh God. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I love seeing Lee. I love seeing Lee like once every month. I'm <laughs> just saying something random from the old days, and him just looking at me going, huh, uh-huh. <laughs> which for Lee is absolutely dying laughing. So. Oh God. This is- this is the best. This is this is the podcast actually now for no one. Um, Just us. Yeah. So <laughs> this, is, this is this is exactly what Jackie talks about. This is just you two talking for an hour and a half now. It's more or less. Um, God, the truth. All right. Uh, Premier League things happened. Uh, Sheffield United beat Everton two nil. Uh, that's great. Um, Everton is in a spot of trouble. Um, they've spent a lot of money and haven't really been getting results the past couple years. So, yeah, pretty much. Um, Manchester City's death was greatly exaggerated, or however that quote goes, as they literally did the gif of stop, stop, he's already dead from the Simpsons to Watford. Um, Manchester City wins 8-0. Uh, Bernardo Silva, because got to make sure we get the right Silva, because, um, you know, next year David's going to be in MLS land. Um, Bernardo Silva with the hat trick. David Silva with the first minute goal. Cool. City wins. Big. Awesome. Um, this is a little bit of a surprise. Burnley beats Norwich 2-0 thanks to two Chris Wood goals that were just a few minutes apart. Um, just about 15 minutes into the match. So they get a big win after uh, Norwich had been kind of flying high after the City win. Uh, Newcastle and Brighton played to a nil-nil draw. It happened. Trust us, I think. Um, report, no reports to the contrary. Um, Crystal Palace and Wolves drew 1-1. Wolves making it a habit to draw games super, super late. Uh, Diego Jota uh, with the 95th minute goal there uh, to prevent uh, an own goal from Leander Dundunker um, from costing his team a point. Um, Arsenal. God. Uh, Arsenal. Just, just to let you know, this Arsenal match, um, while I was at the pub mm-hmm. 
on uh, Sunday watching the Liverpool Chelsea match. Mm-hmm. Uh, got there right at kickoff, so um, the, most of all the Liverpool side was jack crazy full. So I went over to the new side where we watched the final last year, and they had it on the surrounding TVs in there. But on the big TV, they actually had the Arsenal match for the for the little Arsenal support group in there. Hmm. Uh, so that was what the that was the actual commentary I heard during the whole morning or the the midday match was the Arsenal match and the moaning of the gunners around me. <laughs> wow, they're a special group. Yeah, that's um. Anyway, you may continue. That's really depressing. Um, you also tweeted me, and I'm I almost want to blame your tweet for what happened here. Uh, oh, it was like 100% my text, fault. Text, excuse me, it's a text, not a tweet. Hundred percent my fault. I, I will take full blame for it. Um, Aston Villa went up two one on Arsenal in the 60th minute, uh, thanks to Wesley um, with the goal in this one. Um, an Arsenal who was down to ten men for the entirety of the second half. Scored two goals in the final ten minutes to beat Aston Villa. I, I, uh, I and, and and we're at the point where and there was a great article on the Athletic. Don't worry, we'll be pimping the Athletic more later in this show. Um, about how you know it's Arsenal finding wins even among the chaos and how this chaos. And, and winning coinciding cannot possibly last. And I have to agree, this is... I don't see how this Arsenal comeback against Aston Villa sort of game is sustainable. Not with the back line they have. Um, maybe maybe they caught some glimpses of who now to play in the League Cup today. We'll see. Um, but yeah, this, this Arsenal team, hey, they got the win. But uh, not, not great. Not... Not great at all. Um, so that that was all those matches. Um, let's uh, let's start real quick. We'll go in reverse order. Just three to talk about really tonight. Uh, actually, I'll even do real quick this the other one, and we can start with this one, I guess. Uh, West Ham beats United two nil. Uh, Andre Yarmolenko with a goal in the forty fourth minute, and Aaron Cresswell putting the game to bed in the eighty fourth minute. Uh, David De Gea still not looking super great, having just signed that contract extension. So that's yay for him. Um, but Wes, I it's tough because we were and you you were right to call it out in the beginning of the season. There was there was a little bit of hope coming out of the United camp. They started pretty well. Um, we thought, hey, maybe maybe Harry Maguire and Aaron Juan Bissaka. Are are the were the answers to Chris Smalling and a host of other crappy players, and yet they're shipping multiple goals to West Ham, who, as we'll get to later, did not have the best of times in the League Cup this week. So I, it's a real struggle to see kind of, and this is a running theme we'll have: who wants to finish behind City and Liverpool this year? I don't know. Maybe it's United. Maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> no, it's, it's oh, which United are you talking about? No, it, it's neither one of those. Teams. Um, let, let's start off, man. We we've got to give some props to West Ham United, of course. Um, who you know take away the fact that they just didn't really want to play in the League Cup. Um, and let's look at, I mean, you know, from coming off that first match of the season where they 
you know, they, they took that beating to Man City where everybody's just, oh, man. Da, 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 da. You know, at this point, it's like, okay, you got stalked by City. You ain't the only ones. <laughs> and you're not going to be the only ones to get stalked by City this year. So, uh, you know, not, not that big of a deal there. We can understand that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you look right now at the, uh, the league table, and, I mean, West Ham are – sitting in a points tie for a Champions League spot mm-hmm. through six matches. Um, since then, three wins, a pair of draws. You know, West Ham ain't too bad. Um, yeah, I think I kind of jumped on the West Ham train last season, mm-hmm. maybe a season too early. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, we thought they had done good business last summer. Mm-hmm. They did some more good business this summer. They've got a good manager. Yes. I mean, how many how many teams in the Premier League can say, well, we've got a manager who won the league? Literally, them and City, that's yeah, it. That's what I, was saying. Just I mean, that's it at this point. You know? <laughs> so, you know, they've got a good manager. They put some money into it. They have a horrible stadium, but that's mm. an issue for a different day. Um, you know, West Ham, if they can – I think if West Ham can stay out of their own head – they can stay up in this uh, in this fight for a European spot. I think they've got some quality in that squad. They really do. Mm-hmm. And they're playing good football. And luckily for them, after Man City, they've had a schedule break where they got shit teams like United. <laughs> that is true. That is, <laughs> that is very, very true. Um, so West Ham, we'll give, you, we'll give you props. We'll give you credit. Um, Yormolenko had a good one. Hey, and coming up, just just real quick, they have mm-hmm. Bournemouth, uh, which they have Bournemouth that's, Palace, that's Ever- Bournemouth Palace, Everton, Sheffield, Newcastle, Burnley, and, so and basically they and, have uh, they have uh, Bournemouth and uh, Sheffield. Yeah, I mean they they have a very <laughs> mid table schedule coming up, and then it's yeah. Tottenham and Chelsea. But right. you know that's but it's they they have, by, by the time they get there, who knows what shape Chelsea are going to be in? That's true. So you know, they, they have a definite chance to, to make some headway in the table. Yeah. Uh, so give West Ham lots of credit. But now for the reason we're really here. <laughs> oh, Manchester United, you are the gift that keeps on giving and giving and giving. Mm-hmm. And by giving, I mean shipping goals. <laughs> um, just another absolute lackluster performance from Manchester United. Uh, they have no striker. Yeah. Uh, they have no quality midfield. When you know, as much grief as Paul Pogba takes, when Paul Pogba's not in there, holy shit, they're bad. What happened to Marcus Rashford? Well, Marcus Rashford is not a number nine, and for some reason they're playing him or not. Hmm. Rashford is more of a second striker, more of a number ten. Hmm. Kind of like um you know, really, Rashford is more in like the Dybala mold. Mm, okay. You know, he's that guy who wants to play behind the striker. You know, Rashford could come in and score 15, 20 goals a year. But to me, Rashford is not a lead the line. Well, you know, I mean, look who look who they had. He's not a Lukaku or a Zlatan mm. type mm. striker. Mm. Um, you know, and, you know, to me, if you're going to play Rashford like that, you almost need him in a lineup more like a Liverpool lineup. Mm-hmm. More, more like what Liverpool or Arsenal are doing. That's where I think Rashford could really succeed. But I mean, right now they're trying to play Rashford like a you know a, a, a historical what's the word I'm trying to say <laughs> more like a, a traditional mm. striker. 
and it just that's not him and that doesn't work um i just think rashford's kind of in a rashford's kind of in a shit team right now and then to top it off you know i think it's it's fair to say about marcus rashford i think he got some of that english hype Mm, okay i mean he's english he plays for manchester united he got off to a really good start um you know they that immediately means that they want savior of england that england doesn't really need a savior at this point uh so you know he could be the victim of a lot of early hype and he's i hate to say that he's failed to live up to it but it's getting to that point where at this time you know marcus rashford if you listen to people just talk about rashford in general you would think he's scoring 20 goals a year yeah and leading the line of a Champions League team, and he's he's not. I mean, he's just not. And uh, you know, I don't know if maybe maybe they've got the makings of a great partnership in Mason Greenwood, um, who you know did you know, had a great preseason for United, and then uh, struck today in the League Cup. I mean, Mason Greenwood's seventeen. You know, you mm. can't ask him to be a guy to come in and do all these things. Uh, you know, I just I think one I think one thing for United that United players suffer from is the fact that you know Wayne Rooney came through United at a very young age and turned himself into a world class player very early, mm-hmm. and everyone kind of you know it's it's like other places everyone kind of catches the comparison to Wayne Rooney, and he's not Wayne Rooney was special, yeah <laughs> you know. Um, uh, Rashford is really good and I think has the potential to become even better, um, you know, if, if properly played, if properly deployed. But right now, I just, you know, with, with the United team and the turmoil they're in, with the pressure they're under, right now, a 20, I believe 21-year-old Marcus Rashford, I do not think is the answer of leading this line right now. Mm-hmm. But there's, what else you got? You know, I have no other choice right now. Yeah, you can't play Martial like that, so I, I don't... Yeah, I mean, Martial can't... Martial's a winger. Yeah, exactly. You know, Martial's a winger, and, and he's hurt. So, yeah, you know, it's... You play Fred up top. No, you don't play Fred. That's more what it is. <laughs> uh, just to get it right, Rashford is 21. Rashford will be 22 on... Uh, he's a, he's a uh, Halloween baby. Oh, okay. So on Halloween he will turn twenty-two years old. So yeah, Marcus mm-hmm. Rashford. But um, you know, I mean just I don't know. You you look at Rashford's numbers and I mean they don't jive. I mean he last season he scored ten total goals across thirty-three matches in the mm-hmm. Premier League. Um yeah, he had a really good Europa League. The year they won Europa, he scored, you know, he scored a pair of goals. Um Really looking at him, I mean, Rashford's got he's got one season scoring double digit goals. Okay. I mean, I mean, maybe part of that comes down to how Josie was implementing him. Um, but yeah, Josie was playing him kind of like off of um, off of Lukaku. No, I mean, don't get me wrong; he's had a start. I mean, he's three and three goals and an assist through six matches. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, although aren't I mean, like at least one of the the one of those or maybe even two of those are penalties, aren't they? Exactly. 
But to me, the problem for United is Chris Rashford. Yeah, that's true. It's the fact that, you know, you ship goals for fun. Your midfield has no freaking clue what they're doing. And once again, you don't even have Pogba to blame every week right now with mm-hmm. Pogba being out hurt. So, um, and really, I'm going to tell you, as much shit as we give Paul Pogba, when Pogba is not there, they so lack any sort of dynamic threat going forward. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It is bad, man. I mean, I've, I don't think I've ever seen as poor a United team as I this year. I mean, that that Just, is the crazy thing is 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 how close they probably were to losing uh, Pogba, and we all kept saying, "Oh, they they need to get rid of him. He's he's not in it for the team." And blah 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 blah. blah. And it's like, yeah, but they're just really bad. He papers over so many cracks that they have. That I really wanted Pogba to leave just because. I felt that the outcome would be that they would be absolutely terrible because there's no way they get anyone nearly as good as Pogba. Sure. And I mean, we know my opinion. I don't think Pogba's Paul Pogba, just not to make this a whole Pogba thing. (laughs) Paul Pogba is a fantastic addition to a really good team. Mm -hmm. He's a guy who can take a really good team and potentially make them an elite team, Mm -hmm. but he's not the guy that you take a, a mediocre team and he's going to turn them into world beaters. It's one big reason France was so good at the world cup because that France team is really good. But then you put Paul Pogba right. in the middle of it and Oh God, they're right. unstoppable almost. And, and then you drop in a Pogba and a, and a, uh, a Greetsman mm. and a, uh, and uh, Mbappe up front. And suddenly those guys turn you into elite, mm-hmm. uh, the elite of the elite. And Papa can do that. You know, you drop Pop back in it. God, you know who'd love to have him right now is Juventus. Yeah. <laughs> God, he would so stir the drink for Juventus. Um, but the thing is, Pogba needs guys in front of him who he can set up and will finish for him. And Papa needs guys behind him who are going to, you know, take care of the dirty work for him. I'll tell you, you know, you put Pogba somewhere now – I say this, he he would not fit into a Liverpool system because that's just that's not what Liverpool does with mm-hmm. their midfielders. Their midfielders are more grafters and fighters. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you put him into, like, Liverpool? Holy Jesus. I mean, I think Liverpool would be putting up city numbers. Yeah. Because he could just sit in midfield and, you know, set up those three up front all day long, mm-hmm. and he would probably score a dozen goals himself. It would be amazing but he's he is nowhere near juventus or liverpool or city or barca or at this point even real madrid for whatever that's worth Hmm. um you know he's at a he's at as we said maybe the poorest united team that we've seen in a long time and that says something because we're talking about and and uh louis van hall being the manager of the squads it is crazy. We have because we, we joked about it. And we'll talk about a little bit about Tottenham next. Although we'll also probably talk a little bit about VAR when we talk about them, because um, everybody else is. Um, but I really do it. I was only half joking. It is going to be very interesting to see. Maybe you know, again, just six weeks in to the Premier League here. But how how is this table going to shake out? Because again, I it, City. They they had their off match against Norwich and then they come right back and beat Watford eight 0 
they're they're gonna be fine. Liverpool's yeah. gonna Liverpool, and so then it's like, who are actually going to be the next two teams? Like Arsenal's up there right now, but it feels more like they're 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 spawning the table flatters to deceive a little bit. Tottenham needs to get their shit together. United even more so. Chelsea, hey, that youth revolution that Frank Lampard is just doing such a great job with. They, maybe they have a chance to the pluck young upstarts to sneak in there. Yep, we'll, we'll it'd get... be nice if they could win a home match, <laughs> which they still haven't done. It's absurd. That I, I mean, granted, their last one was to Liverpool, but still, that was that's an absurd yeah. statistic. Um, but it, it is going to be very interesting to this year, I think, to see. You know, we talked, I think, in the preseason. You know, Leicester could be that team to jump up into the top six, and now mm-hmm. it's like, hey. Maybe they're a top four team with, with no European commitments. Maybe they're a top four club. Um, and hey, when you get results like they did on the weekend, that helps. Uh, they beat Tottenham 2-1 thanks to two last 20-minute goals from Ricardo Pereira and James Madison. Um, of course, uh, Harry Kane uh, showing exactly why you play crab soccer in school. Um, so you can score goals like that. Uh, just ab- absurd goal in, at the, the half hour mark in this match. And then uh, at just about the hour mark, Tottenham was going to use the line. They thought they'd won it, but we've been at 2-0 leads with Tottenham this year. And, you know, hmm. so they could have at least salvaged a draw. Um, but, hey, they, they thought Serge Aria had, had put them up 2-0. And uh, then it was... Oh, I'm still sort of confused. Somehow, uh, tr- trigonometry was used. Um, there, there were lines and charts and graphs drawn to show that Youngman's son was uh, question mark offside, maybe like by an inch or a quarter inch. With At some angle, apparently he was offside. At some point, maybe when the ball had before the ball had been kicked we don't really know all uh, i know is pi r square x to the third power and somehow he was offside apparently there you go so and so lester do read the benefits um obviously the big talking point of the match was the call on sun for being offsides again not not that he was the goal scorer but in the build-up uh, and a similar thing, a, a not not as egregious event, but a similar kind of thing happened in the Chelsea Liverpool match on Sunday as well. But this this sparked a a very big conversation about VAR. Not that VAR has been uncontroversial this entire time, and even in during the World Cup and in other events it's been in. But th- there was this idea that you know. VAR was going to get everything right, but that it was still going to be humans looking at it and they were going to use the whole, well, you know, if we can't figure it out, if, if, if we can't for sure want, say that the call should be reversed, we're going to leave the call as it stood. And now we're using like actual line drawings that have a, a margin of error and how do you factor in margin of error? And as a huge proponent of VAR, and to be fair, I still am, I don't know that this is the best way, Wes, that we could be using VAR right now. Especially when you've also seen a lot of 
penalties that haven't been reviewed, red potential red cards that haven't been reviewed. But this is this is what's being scrutinized to this level so far. I'm gonna tell you right now. I, I think don't worry, I'm not anti-VAR. Mm-hmm. I think as far as offsides, uh, and don't get me wrong, I mean this helped my squad over the weekend. But as far as offsides, shit can bar on that. I mean, that's what the damn line judges are for. Especially if you've got VAR to help them with everything else now, the least they can do is keep up with the damn all. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and, and I mean, I completely understand the logic of, you know, well, if you're marginally offside, you're offside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I understand that totally. But I just, I think... You know, if you can't get the call right, still using VAR at this point mm-hmm. with the offside, you just it needs to be scrapped for that for mm-hmm. that purpose. You know, um, what's the one thing they brought in that worked exponentially? Goal line technology. It's great because it tells you you're either it's either in or it's, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the thing with VAR. Is he offside? Is he not offside? Can you 100% tell me with honesty? Is he offside or not offside? Then okay. But you can't do that. They, they have not shown the ability to be able to do yeah. that. So, you know what? Use it for the things that you can do. You know, the red cards. Use it for that. Um, you know, use it Use it for things along that line. But I, right now, at this point, it is not working with offsides, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. It's creating way too many questions. And the thing is, you know, you're supposed to, VAR is supposed to take the right call, and you still can't give me the right damn call. Yeah, or at least one that can be wildly agreed upon. I mean, the, I, yeah. I, I'm still not sure Sun is offside. Like, I can, I can uh, see the yeah. argument, but I can't. I, I'm not 100% saying, yeah, that's the right call. And I can stare at the picture for 45 minutes. And, and you're telling me that within in two minutes you can tell that? I just, I don't, I really don't buy it. But I, I think what this may lead to eventually, because I don't, VAR's not going anywhere as far as we no, know. No, no, it's not, it's not. I wonder if this is going to lead to a change in what offside actually is. Um, and <laughs> because there's been a lot of people claiming, well, it's fine the way it is. There's been a lot of people saying, Make it where it's only for your foot or your head. If it's your arm, well, what does your arm give you as far as being able to play the ball since you can't use it? Um, make it so that the, they bring back the daylight rule that if you're, if you're, if any part of your body is even with the last defender, then you're fine. But it, once your entire body is crossed, sort of like going back to the whole goal line technology thing, if the ball is all the way over, then then it's good if it's if even mm-hmm. part of it's still touching then it's then it's no good and maybe we go back to that if it's you know if any part of you is in line with the last defender you're on side and then it's it maybe it's easier to see on var if someone is completely their their entire body is offside or not cuz this is this is this is one of those things that also can affect scoring a lot which is mm-hmm. something you don't want to see when when calls are this marginal, like right. like obvious and because it, it's just it's understood you don't want to give the attackers too much of an advantage. But 
it's it's hard to see where Sun was really gaining an advantage in this one. So anyway, Var is here. It's great and lovely, and we will continue to shower praise upon it. Um, so as me. <laughs> the final match it was involved in was the Chelsea-Liverpool match. Liverpool comes out with a 2-1 victory thanks to uh, two early goals from Trent, uh, which is what he goes by now, by his, from his friends call him Trent. Trentino. <laughs> uh, as well as the other Inyo, Roberto Firmino. Uh, oh. I guess there's also Fabinho, and there was, on the other side, Jorginho. Um, so all the all the Inos came yeah, out to play. The, he's the fake Inyo. <laughs> there you go. Um, Liverpool doing a great job keeping him in check for for parts of the game, uh, but there were some times when Fabi, uh, sorry, Jorginho was able to get uh, mm-hmm. some space. Uh, but Angola Conte did bring Chelsea back in the seventh minute with just a great strike. Hey, best defender in the world, also play, also occasionally score the wonder goal. Just every once in a while, every six twelve months, he'll <laughs> pop one out. You know, I, I will throw something to Angola Conte here. Um, you know, and I'll give uh, I'll give Mourinho a little bit of credit here. We'll give sorry or not not Mourinho. I'm sorry, not no Mourinho was gone when they got Conte, or was he not? It was no, it was Conte that got Conte. Okay, it was Conte. Okay, give it to Conte and give some love to Sorry too. Um, when they got N'Golo Conte, he destroyed. He was a straight up defensive midfielder, mm-hmm. and I've called it on here. I've said on the show before he was the best in the world at it. Um, he has evolved as a player at Chelsea where he is now, I mean, that, that dude is a complete midfielder. Yeah. And he's fantastic at it. And Golo Conte is, I think one of the absolute most overlooked superstars in the world. And part of it is, you know, he's not flashy mm-hmm. at all. There's nothing flashy about a Golo no, Conte. Not at all. You know, if you Stood next to him on the subway in London. I doubt most people would look twice at him. Um, but that dude is just, he is spectacular all the way around. He has really become a, an great midfielder. Um, and, I mean, he, he showed it the other day. In two matches against Liverpool this year, um, the uh, the Super Cup mm-hmm. in Istanbul and this match, N'Golo Conte could put a claim in there to be the best player on the field in both of those matches. Uh, pretty much the only reason Chelsea was in both of those matches was because of N'Golo Conte. <laughs> very, very, so very true. That guy, that guy is spectacular. And uh, now they're the the rumble. You know, we always got rumblings. Marca has. Um, anyway, uh, apparently Thibaut Courtois and Eden Hazard are telling anyone who will listen to them at Real Madrid. Yeah, N'Golo Conte needs to be the next guy that we sign <laughs> because you know that that's that is what we need here, and I'm not going to disagree those two at all. Um, you know that that is definitely something where Real Madrid should be looking toward. You know, we always joke about Real Madrid's such and such. You know, whenever somebody does something, they're like, oh, it's Real Madrid, Harry Kane, it's Real Madrid's most mm-hmm. um, You know. Um, no, what really needs to happen though is Real Madrid's and Golo Conte. That is a guy who would, I think, come right in and help get that team back on the right track. Absolutely. Um, and he absolutely he had a fantastic match against Liverpool. Uh, once he got going, especially in the second half, um, he had all kinds of influence on that match. He sure did. And and Chelsea almost 
came back, had a few chances late on. Of course, did have the goal uh, just almost at the half hour mark uh, mm-hmm. that was disallowed uh, from Mason Mount. Um, Which but, letter of the law was correctly called? Yes. Um, so very, very tough, though, uh, match for Chelsea. Uh, again, they did have their chances in it. But Liverpool saw the result out and does get the 2-1 win and stays perfect on the, the Premier League season. Um, and, and so that was just a huge win. And, and what is easily, I believe, been Liverpool's biggest test so far of this Premier League campaign? Oh, absolutely agree with that. Um, breaking down Liverpool in this match. Um, Liverpool... Liverpool were dominant for about 60 minutes and then had to hang on at the end. Mm-hmm. You could um, you could suddenly see that uh, that fatigue set in possibly from that you know, really tough midweek Champions League match where, of course, they did lose to Napoli. Um, now you could say, well, you know, Chelsea played mid- They absolutely... Was it Valencia? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that's not quite the same as going to Italy to play Napoli in, mm-hmm. in that kind of environment that Liverpool went and played in. Um, it, it all seemed to start hitting Liverpool about those last 25, 30 minutes of the match. Um, that said, uh, the, Trent, the Trent goal off the free kick was stunning. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that kick was magnificent. Trent Alexander-Arnold is... If not the best right back in England, uh, putting in a class, the best right back in England. Um, his defending is starting to catch up a little bit with his attack, but find me a better attacking right right back in the world, and I'll have something for you. You find me a better one than Trent Alexander-Arnold right now. I mean, you know, set the record for assist a season ago, is back at it this year. Um you know, a lot of people, when they talk about Trent coming up, they're like, yeah, he's great right back. You should see him play center mid. <laughs> you know, there are people there are people around Merseyside who are like, I mean, if they'll put him in midfield, the guy will be the next Steven Gerrard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he is supposed to be just an absolutely fantastic midfielder. Uh, but the thing is, right now, it's like, well, you know, you have a field where, you know, we rotate guys. We kind of – we play more of a hard-nosed midfield. Or we can put you right back, let you attack like a mad dog, and- you know, you can be considered maybe the best one in the world. Uh, and Trent is the the nice thing about Trent Alexander Arnold. He's twenty years old, and the guy just every year, every month, it seems like he's adding something to his game. You know, and and right now he's about as good at taking a free kick as anybody in England. Um, you know, going down that right side, he is he is an absolute nightmare. For defenders he's big he's fast as lightning uh he puts an outstanding cross in uh he's just he is an extremely dangerous player um for for a position that for liverpool right back and left back for the last decade plus have just been a complete nightmare for liverpool to suddenly having i'll say it the best the best fullback duo in the in the world mm-hmm yeah, between him and Andy Robertson, I mean that's that's hard to argue that they've got the best right left back combo in the world. Um, I mean it's it's really turned into a point of of strength, and the Jurgen Klopp system plays to those strengths. Uh, the other guy I just want to put a big spotlight on 
is the other center back, not Virgil van Dyke. Joel Maddock has gone from afterthought to you know, the first two names on the, on the team sheet right now are Van Dyke. Um, you know, we saw him in the run to the European final last season. He, every game, it seemed like he got a little better, a little better, a little better. And this year coming in, it was like, well, but you know, Gomez is going to back into his job back. And once Maddox got his chance, I mean, he's, he's put a stranglehold on that second center back position. I mean, Joe Gomez might be the best young defender in England. And he can't get into a starting lineup right now for Liverpool. Mm-hmm. You cannot take Joel Matta off the field right now if you're Liverpool Football Club. And suddenly we see him late in the match the other day. He's controlling the box and letting Van Dyke go explore where he needs to. And Van Dyke can now step out because, well, I got Joel Matta back there and I trust him explicitly. Uh, three huge-headed clearances late in that match when Chelsea were just trying to throw the ball in, throw the ball in, bam, 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 bam. You know, last year we we laughed every week because what Maisie run is Maddox going to go on here on this week? You know, what what walkabout is Maddox going to go on and leave exposed in the back? That seems to have gone out of his game. All he does now is just spray passes from the back and shut people down. Um, just been absolutely fantastic in the back, and he put in. I mean, he put in potentially a man of the match performance against uh, against Chelsea this past weekend, and those two, you know, the the left side of that defense, Van Dyke and Robertson, was the one that oh well, that's what that's where they're solid defensively, and now here we are, six matches in the season, we're talking about Maddup and Trent Alexander Arnold, and go holy shit, <laughs> you know, where do you go? Where do you get these guys at? Mm-hmm. You know, where do you get them? And uh, that backup keeper that we bought about three days before the season started, he, he's, he's turned out to be pretty good. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine what the hell would happen right now? Oh, um, God. Jesus, with uh, Mignolet like that there. I don't even want to imagine. You know, now it's like, oh, yeah, we got Adrian back there. We're cool. We're fine. Um, and a guy who, you know, was training by himself and, you know, to suddenly walk off the street and win the Super Cup, and now he's six for six in the Premier League. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's been a it's been a crazy start, and he has not been a liability one bit. He's been fantastic between the sticks. Uh, his his distribution's gotten better as the season's gone. Uh, God, Liverpool are just no, oh, they're strong the whole way through right now. They are. That's not me being Mister Homer. They're just they're just strong, man. I, I can't. I just. I just wish that they would play City every week. That's. That's really what the Premier League should just be at this point. <laughs> it's just. I just don't have a playoff every week. City. We just. Well, um, what we do is we just extend the season one week, and City and Liverpool just play a best of thirty-nine. Jesus. What are we saying? They'd still probably finish ahead of everything. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> um, well, looking. Looking forward to that match, uh, November 9th. Liverpool, Man City. At least right now, unless they move it for some reason. But mm-hmm. right now, uh, November 9th. Um, and they will play that and go. Well, that, that'll probably be the last one because they'll play it to an international break. Yay. We played Shink earlier in that week. So was, I wouldn't be shocked if they moved that to a Sunday. You know, they do that from time to time. Mm-hmm. But as of right now, it's Saturday, November 9th. And I'm off that weekend. 
Hooray! <laughs> Hooray for Wes. Hooray for Wes as, as he'll be taking uh, in Liverpool right back in action as they are the very first match of this next weekend uh, as they get things started off with Sheffield United at 7.30 from Bramall Lane. Uh, 10 a.m., you get the choice of Villa versus Burnley, Chelsea versus Brighton, Tottenham versus Southampton, Palace versus Norwich, Wolves versus Watford. Somebody, well... Not necessarily has to win, but somebody could win. <laughs> Bournemouth and Bournemouth versus West Ham. 12.30, Everton looks to turn their season around against Manchester City. Good luck, boys. Um, and then on Sunday, your only option is 11.30, Leicester versus Newcastle. And then on Monday Night Football on NBC Sports, actually a good Monday Night Football match. Good in quotation marks. Manchester United versus Arsenal at 3 p.m. on NBC Sports. Make sure you guys are watching that any way you can. That is legitimately a very big match this weekend. So there you go for that. As we take a look at the table, uh, Liverpool still lead with 18 points. City are in second with 13. Um, and it, with a plus 18 goal differential. Three weeks. Oh, God. Uh, Leicester, Arsenal, and West Ham all have 11 points. And then Bournemouth are at 10. Uh, and then there's a host of people at 8 and 7. At the bottom of your heart, the relegation zone. Newcastle sit just outside with 5 points. Villa and Wolves are right inside with 4. And Watford sits at the bottom with 2. Again, Wolves and Watford, the only teams in the Premier League yet to register a win on the season. Um, as you mentioned, the League Cup. Uh, happened uh, this week. Yay! League Whatever. Cup. Whatever. I'll live on the League Cup. <laughs> Mainly because it literally is just like... Yeah. The Liverpool kids and James Miller. <laughs> oh, so it's just... like Grandpa Milliam. <laughs> oh, remember, remember when he was in the back? Oh, good days. Good days. Um, I was playing before you. <laughs> such boring play. Such boring play from boring James Milner. <sighs> All right. Uh, Arsenal uh, get past item forced 5 0. And what is, was, I guess, the shock of the tournament? Still, maybe kind of is. Um, Colchester gets by Tottenham on penalties 4 3 after. Uh, normal time ended nil nil. Um, so Colchester gets the famous win at home there. Uh, Crawley Town also from League Two beats Stoke on penalties five three after their regular time ended one one. Uh, Leicester gets past Lutton. Southampton beats Pompey in a South Coast derby. Uh, Man City beats Preston North End three nil. Everton beats Sheffield Wednesday two nil. Uh, Watford gets past Swansea two one. Villa beats Brighton and Hove 3-1. Burton Albion beats Bournemouth. There's a bit of an upset uh, as League One side Burton gets the win 2-0. Chelsea pounds Grimsby Town 7-1. Liverpool with the kids. They get the 2-0 victory over MK Dons. No no miracle run for them this year in the League Cup. Uh, Oxford United beats West Ham. This is is maybe... I I feel like I'm going to sound like a homer. I think this is the most shocking result of the round. As League One side Oxford United destroys West Ham 4-0 in Oxford. 
Uh, also, Sunderland beats uh, Sheffield United 1-0. Remember Sunderland, everybody? Yeah, they're in League 1 right now, and they beat Sheffield United 1-0. Uh, Wolves squeak past Reading uh, on penalties, as does United, who give up a late goal to Rockdale um, and almost, almost got knocked out. Um, but they do, again, survive on penalties, which West does set up some rather enjoyable matches in the next round. Oh, boy. Um, now now, we, now things get good. Everton versus Watford is a match. City gets Southampton because, hey, that road for City to another League Cup's got to be easy. Um, and because, you know what, we let Liverpool <laughs> League team. That's enough for you boys. There you go. Uh, Crawley Town and Colchester United are playing, which means that a a League Two team will be in the round of eight. Uh, and the next match, Oxford versus Sunderland, means a League One team will also be in the round of eight. So there, there are some upsets that can happen. Uh, Aston Villa and Wolves face off. Burton gets to host Leicester. And then the the glamour ties of the round, Chelsea versus Manchester United in London, and Liverpool versus Arsenal at Anfield. Two gigantic matches, West. And as we as we joked about Man City, you know, getting getting the easy road. And as you mentioned, they they put a stop to that easy road for Liverpool after Dons, and they said, nope, that now you got to just go back to playing top six clubs again. So wait a damn minute. What do you mean you won a match in the League Cup? Nope. Another Premier League team. Um, man, I'm going to tell you. I, I, ugh, I'm going to break down and tell you this. Mm-hmm. Paid my four ninety nine to get my ESPN. It's not too bad. No, no. I mean, I, I watched the Liverpool match and I watched the... Uh, so uh, you know what it was? It was just fine and dandy. Um, I have to see when the next one is. I believe I might still have my ESPN Plus by then. We'll see. October thirtieth. Uh, damn it! It'll have to roll over. <laughs> um, but anyway, I'm gonna tell you in all honesty that was it was to me. It felt like a really low pressure match today because mm-hmm. you know if we'd gone out, okay, it's not the end of the world. It would suck. It would have sucked just based on the whole, you know, guy. What's hmm. wrong? But you know, we we have a really exciting crop of players coming through at Liverpool that we're super stoked about. And today we got to see a bunch of them. You know, we saw, finally got to see the first team debut of Rhea Brewster. Mm-hmm. Uh, attack. We got the 16 year old Harvey Elliott in making his Liverpool debut. Uh, Kevin Kelleher made his first team debut. Um, Herbie Kane came off the bench, made his first team debut. I like saying debut, by the way, in case you haven't noticed. Um, <laughs> Kajana Hoover, Hever, Hoiver, however they want to say his name. I say Uver myself. Um, he came and scored his first goal in the first team. It was a it was a really exciting day. Curtis Jones had a good game. Uh, Seth Vandenberg came in, the big redheaded Dutchman. It, two things in this world I don't care for, Gingers and Dutchman. And this guy's both, but I love him because he's wearing my color red. <laughs> um, so, and Liverpool go, they went to James Milner had a massive shot and a goal on one of the worst goalkeeping mistakes I've ever seen in my life, but still. Um, <clears throat> I mean, at the end of the day, it was a, it was a, 
And you know what? We're going to turn around. We're going to play Arsenal in the fourth round. You know what I hope we do again? I hope he runs out nearly the exact same team. Hmm? Yeah. I want to see the young guys play. This is this is a good tournament for them. This is a no-pressure tournament for Liverpool. We obviously have much bigger fish to fry than the League Cup this year. Um, keep going as long as you can. Play the kids. Uh, you know, it was a good match for the Ox to get some time. Uh, Adam Olana played a full. Uh, Nabi Keita came back today. Uh, I mean, this was this was what I wanted to see. Harvey Elliott, holy shit! Um, did you see some of the Harvey Elliott highlights from? I did not. Go when you get a chance. Go check out my Twitter. I reposted one that he had earlier. Oh, earlier maybe I match, did. Maybe I did see that. Yeah, yeah, where yeah. Where he yeah. just about dropped that ball. Well, he should have headed it in for mm-hmm. like, not like would have been assist of the season already for Liverpool. Um, Harvey Elliott looked so comfortable walking out there today. I mean, this kid is 16 years old and just looks like, I, I mean, I would have zero problem having him on my bench. Uh, Rian Brewster, it was good to finally see him in the first team where, you know, he's one that had the bad injury, missed basically a year and a half with a, with a CL tear and just has a lot of hype, a lot of promise around him. Won the golden boot at the 17 World Cup where it was, I believe, him and um, – uh, Jane Sancho and that mm-hmm. group that won that World Cup. Um, he and he and he was kind of the most highly thought of out of players. So that's one we're really looking forward to. But it was uh, it was really fun to get to see the youngsters play today and go out and play really without a ton of pressure and go get a victory for Liverpool. And I'm looking forward. That's the only thing I'm looking forward to a League Cup run is well, as long as we're in the League Cup, just keep playing the kids. You know, play them and let them go. Uh, Keevan Kelleher uh, in goal, the Irishman, he looked really good today. He looked strong, had some nice saves. Go at it. You, you know you know who looked really crappy? Who? Dejan Lovren. Oh, not, not best center back in the world, Dejan Lovren. Oh, Degsy, Degsy. That said, I mean, I, he wasn't total crap. It's just he looks like he hasn't had a run out. And he has. I mean, this is the kind of – this is where Lovren's going to play. Barring injuries, this is where Lovren's going to play. Mm-hmm. It's just what it is at this point. This is where Lovren's playing. He's not getting ahead of Matip. He's not getting ahead of Gomez if they're all healthy. So, um, you know, this is where you play him. And we played him and Joe Gomez today. Gomez had some really nice moments. So, um, I was I was absolutely thrilled to see that match today and thrilled to see his move on just for that fact. Because, I mean, especially I sent you the thing with our bench – there was no Salah, no Mane, no. Mm. Basically, basically everybody on the bench doesn't even make the bench for like Premier League matches. Yeah, there was there was no first teamers really even near today. Other than, I mean, really Milner, Gomez, Lavrin, Lalana, mm-hmm. Navi Kana back, and Oxley Chamberlain. Other than yeah. that, man. Other than that, it was youngsters all around the place, and it was great. Oh. And Grandpa Millie having a <laughs> so boring. I'll have a and a cup of tea tonight, lads. So so boring, Mister Milner. But that's okay. That's why we love I'll, you. I'll walk on the cross stitch. <laughs> oh well, that's that. That'll do it for our uh, our match talk of the week. The Europa League happened last week too. We didn't talk about it. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, hey, let's let's. Partial United one. You know it can't be that important. 
That's true. Um, uh, yeah, our, our United won late too. So anyway, we're not going to talk about it. Who cares? Um, let's hit, hit the news and notes um, real quick. Um, there's a great article right now from Matt Slater on the Athletic. Again, Mister Mister the Mister Athletic, please. Please drip some of your sponsorship dollars on us. We we know you have the money coming in from all that funding and investment and, and subscriber bucks. Um, if you would like to sponsor- you guys would just give me a free subscription. That's all. Honestly, I would say that too. Just, yeah. So just remember when you punch in, go to theathletic.com slash AFA pod and get your 50% subscription today. I wish sure. I could say that. So Please, Athletic, please let me do it. Um, Hey, go over the article. Uh, I believe it came out actually last week. Let me just check the day real quick. Uh, No, it was two days ago. Um, Racism is getting worse in Italy, not better. It's time to be very, very heavy-handed. Yes, the title is, as Wes kind of alluded to with his giggle, uh, a bit of a no-duh. But still, uh, it's something we've talked about on this podcast, and it's a very big story over there. So, um, as always, very well-written article on The Athletic. Go check it out. And um, we we joked about, you know, people like, you know, Lukaku being the, the United rejects that are going over to Italy. But, again, that's that's another person who's having to deal with this sort of thing over in Italy. As many uh, Premier League players who've ventured over there uh, who are uh, a darker skin shade um, have had to deal with, unfortunately. Um, one we are going to talk about that from the athletic that will actually break down a little bit, uh, and this this is a big one. Uh, this was an exclusive from them, also by Matt Slater. Ten minute concussion subs will be introduced in in uh, in football, and this is amazing. Um, the uh, the IFAB is uh, is putting this through. And uh, and they're going to basically allow it, you to have a substitute that will not count against your your three potentially. If somebody has a concussion from your team, there will be a player allowed to enter the pitch and play for them as they are going through a concussion protocol for up to ten minutes without counting as a sub. And then at that point, after at ten minutes, you can either leave that person on. As as a substitute, and then they will count as one of your three subs, or the player who was going through concussion protocol can come back on, and the the player who was in can come back off the pitch. So this is this is a very big deal. We've seen very scary things happen in soccer. We we saw it in the World Cup a couple times back in 2014 in Brazil that really started like getting the ball rolling on this, but. Um, but this is a huge thing. It's something that's been bandied about. Do you do you give them a fourth sub for this? You know what 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 do you do? And it looks like ten minutes uh, to to try and see if a person is truly fit to get back on the pitch instead of having to you know hustle them up and say, hey, we got to go, we got to go, because you know otherwise we're playing down to ten men. To be able to give them ten minutes to see if they can get better. Or, or not, and to have a sub to be able to use like that in the interim so you're not playing down a man because, unfortunately, a person is having to deal with concussion-like symptoms is just such a forward-thinking move and and hopefully one that will not be abused. I did see some comments saying that maybe there's a chance for abuse. I don't think it'll happen, and I think that if somebody 
gets um, found out to be doing that, I think they will be penalized very swiftly for that. But this is, Wes, I think just such a great change to the game and a, a much needed one as well. I agree. Um, you know, much like that other league that we deride quite mm. frequently, the National this, Football League. That one. Um, concussions have to be taken more seriously this day and age. Yeah. It's not like the old days where you get your bell rung, just shake it off and go play. Um, we've now got years of science where we're finding out about CTE. We're, you know, finding out the long-term effects of these concussions. And I think uh, football, as well as football, as well as all the sports, they just they they're they're doing a better job. We'll give it to them. They're doing a better job of trying to take care of their players when it comes to this. Um, you know, if for no other reason that you know they realize that if they if they don't do their part of it, that there's going to be shit coming back on them years down the line. Yeah. So. Uh, bravo to them for introducing this. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see it implemented. This definitely does kind of fly in the face of the tradition of the sport. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not one for radical change, but mm-hmm. I want the sport to stay what the sport is. But, you know, a lot of things over the years, I mean, you think back to the 1970s or the 60s and the 70s, that era. You didn't even have substitutions. Well, at least back in the 60s, maybe yeah. in the early 70s, mm-hmm. you know, that changed. I mean, there was a time where you had the 11 that were on the field. and that, If somebody got hurt, well, you play with 10. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, too bad. So, uh, you know, it started off, you got one substitution. And now, I mean, can we even imagine it without three subs? No. <laughs> so Now we've added a fourth and in, in in extra time in some competitions. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I mean, this is there there are ways to uh evolve and improve the game. And like you said, as long as this one isn't abused and if it is abused, there needs to be harsh penalties put down for it. Um, but I mean, this is this could be the next step in that evolution of the game. Yeah, it, it will change it from oh, from the old days of blood and dirt. But you know, you you've I mean, things have to evolve at times, and this is one that I'm time for. Absolutely. So hopefully that change does go through when it eventually goes into the uh, the IFAB. I believe they're meeting next month to uh, to vote on that, and hopefully that goes through and, and that will be implemented well. Um, hey, uh, FIFA Executive Committee also did some stuff. This was a story that didn't actually get in the rundown. Um, they're, they're, they named the, uh, the sites for the uh, next couple Champions League finals. Uh, 2021 will be in St. Petersburg. 2022 will be at the Allianz in Munich. And 2023, football's coming home. As oh. It's played, played in Wembley. Um, the 2020. was in Wembley. It was an all-German. Oh boy. Uh, 2021, the Europa League final will be in Sevilla, uh, and the 2021 Super Cup will be in Belfast. So hey. all I can say is it's really nice of Europa. To put the game in a place that people have heard of. That's true. It's very important. Oh, uh, thank you, Estania. So like Krakatoa stamp. Yeah. Um, they also made some uh, changes 
briefly to the Nations League that are kind of weird and and not super clear, but those happen. The big news, though, that came out of the FIFA Exco, as they call it. Um, hey, hey, Wes, let me let me ask you a question. How do you feel about the Champions League? Love the Champions League. That's the greatest competition in the world. Hey, that's that's pretty great. What do you think about the Europa League? Um, hold on, let me look at my press release. I think the Europa League is just <laughs> super duper nifty. <laughs> I don't hate Europa, but it's definitely, definitely a major step down. So what if I told you, and I, this was already reported, but is now confirmed. What if I told you we're getting a European competition below Europa League? Ed, I live near a town called Zebulon. Yes, yes you do. Well, there's a baseball team called the Carolina Mug- Muddy. You've been to many games. I've been to many games. Mm-hmm. They play in what's called single A. Yes. It's fun for a night out with the family. Mm-hmm. Don't really watch a lot of the baseball because it's subpar to any other baseball there is. Mm-hmm. You know what? My my Europa watching right now is semifinals and yeah. the finals. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't really find something much below that that I'm going to watch. It's it's the CBI of European football, ladies and gentlemen. Is... East Carolina won that. No, we won we won something worse than the CBI. I think CIT. I think anyway. Um, anyway, yeah. So CT. the uh, so that's what you're gonna get when you watch the Europa Conference League. That's what it's going to be called, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it's going to have um, 32 teams. And some teams are also going to come from what was Europa. And you know, Europa's getting reduced, it looks like, from, I think, 48 to 32. So the, those teams will go even lower. Um, hey, it'll be, it'll be great. Teams from leagues outside the top 15 would qualify for Europa Conference League. And the winner of the tournament will qualify for the following season's Europa League. So that's, that's pretty great. As uh, as uh, UEFA president Alexander Seferin said, the new the new UEFA club competition makes UEFA's club competitions more inclusive than ever before. Which you know, uh, when you're talking you? when you're talking about some of the most prestigious tournaments in the world, what you want them to be is super inclusive, and and allow anybody and everybody to win. As he says, quote, there was a widespread demand. Sure. By all clubs to increase their chances of participating more regularly in in European competition. This has been achieved with a strategic approach and in accordance with UEFA's objective of having both more quality and more inclusivity in our our club competitions. Wes is actually dying over this. Um, I'm literally choking. Uh, I have this... two comments ready. Just tell me when I can. Please go ahead. Um, you said the word strategic. The only strategy I can think about uh, famous um, Will Ferrell parody of strategy. When you use the word injury. Uh, that's what I was thinking um, too. It's brilliant. And then, of course, uh, this news was, you know, news of this was greatly greeted on Merseyside because Everton finally has a chance to see Europe. <laughs> 
Oh, this tournament's garbage. It's going to be so crap. Oh, I don't... Actually, I, don't I might not watch a little bit of Considering I can't hardly find a rope point. Who's going to get this contract? CBS Sports? I mean, I, I would guess it would get roped into a... To a... You know what? You know what, really? Uh, Bleacher Report should put these games on for free. No, no, no. There's no way they'll do that. I know they, they won't, but that's what they should do because there's no reason anybody should have to pay to watch this garbage. Like, you're, you're asking you to pay to watch Europa League. You want, Now you want me to pay to watch something worse than Europa League? No. No, it's not happening. No, it's very prestigious and all-inclusive. Yeah, excuse me. God, it's not like the UN, which is another, which is another organization that is quite unprestigious at this point. So. Oh man, hey, hey, Earth Two would have something to say about that. I bet Greta would. Can we can we make Greta the the commissioner of Europa Conference? Sure. Done. Where do I sign? She is very unhappy with the progress. Hey, hey, you know what? You know what? Greta Thor- Greta, if Greta Thornburg will. They're off at um, Johnny and Fonte. Hey, you know what? If that's what it takes to kick FIFA's ass into gear, Greta, I want to. I want this is this is your this is your new life's mission. I know I know you want to do the the environment, and that's great. Keep doing it, but at some point, you need to set those laser eyes onto FIFA and get their asses into shape. That that is now your destiny. destiny. Greta, if you'll take a timeout from being one, be another. Pol- you can be our political pawn. Please, please destroy people. Please, there, don't worry. I, we we can't afford a plane ticket for you. Mister Seferin is spouting garbage and lies, and we know that garbage is not good for the environment. So go clean his ass up, please, 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 please. Agree. Come on, Greta. Do please. something we really care about. Please. Well, I mean. Um, in the grand scheme of things um, speaking of people how am I going to do this speaking of people you know what fuck it no US soccer is really stupid and our weekly update it seems like now of how stupid US soccer is in not paying its women's team we have this story coming out well you know we've told you about how U.S. soccer is is fighting back against the 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 viewpoint that they're not paying the women properly. The the women's team that that wins them all their trophies because the men do not. Although the under twenty team came close at one point, that was that was good on them. Um, um, we this was this was great. This comes to us from uh, no, the miracle was built on almost. Win- it's true. Um. From awful announcing, um, so this this is great. This is this is amazing. Uh, using a digital presentation prepared with U.S. Soccer, the lobbyists that U.S. Soccer was using, because of course they would use lobbyists, explained that women get far less in World Cup prize money from FIFA, in part because the 2019's women's tournament was projected to de- generate a tiny fraction of the men's World Cup 
billions in revenue, just $131 million. million. The lobbying was part of what a U.S. soccer spokesman at the time called an effort to make sure lawmakers have, quote, accurate information and factual numbers, end quote, about the Federation's support for women's soccer. There's just one problem with that revenue figure. It's wrong. The revenue um, number actually was an expense. It came from a very confusing FIFA financial report that was misreported by Forbes.com. Shocking that Forbes would misreport something. I know. Shocking that FIFA would have a confusing uh, yeah. monetary report. All, all of this is just absolutely shocking. Um, so, yeah. they Because somebody looked at this and they were like, okay. doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't because they saw um, you know, what the men's one made. So this was uh, from the Wall Street uh, Wall Street Journal report. They saw that the 2018 Men's World Cup generated nearly 5.4 billion dollars in total revenue, but about three billion of that came from the sales of broadcast rights. So they were like, "How how could possibly with us doing similar uh, mm-hmm. broadcast deals, how could you possibly be making revenue at like one twentieth?" Of, of of what the the men were that that doesn't sound right at all and it's it's true and they were super wrong and i i i oh my god like i i, I will say this till forever apparently greta here's your other here's your here's your other thing as long greta! as as long as, you're here, as long as you're here in america we 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 miss mr cordero um, would like to have a meeting with you. And when I say would like to, I, I, he probably wouldn't, but I think you should go talk to him. Um, because this is dumb. This is dumb. U.S. soccer. This is really fucking stupid. Like at this point, you, there's so much bad press you could be avoiding, but no, it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And the only way I can see this getting worse is if in the response to this, you accidentally sent out an email to every soccer journalist showing exactly how you would try to refute this story. I, I can't imagine something that stupid happening, but there it is. That's literally the only way I can see this getting worse. So from there, I, I don't know what U.S. soccer is doing. Please, please, guys, just just start paying them more. They've earned it. Just, just stop, please. This is stupid, and I'm tired of covering this story because it it's may dumb. mean that the that your cats don't get their own apartment. Yeah, R- come on, ripping pieces, Mister Mister Glazer. Guys, in the words of Jimmy from South Park, come on. Seriously, I. I mean, really, come on. This is really stupid. Jimmy stopped the Bloods in the Crip War. I think he can fix this. Man, this is really stupid. Just freaking dumb. We need to lock in at the YMCA. Sure. That hey, that that that's better than hiring lobbyists at this point. So hey, let's go for it. I'm down. Bring the bring the pizza. Let's go swimming and get this you deal. Need to hire us. I mean, you hire us, you run you run just shit by us. And if we sit here and say, mm, Let's go a different direction. Yeah, it's not that hard. We we'll 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 take much less than what you should be paying the women. 
So. Because we're invested, but we're not overly invested. So yeah. if it sounds like a horrible idea to us, mm-hmm. you should probably avoid that idea. In the words of, um, oh God, what's her name? Uh, from Parks and Rec, the the political consultant lady. Oh. oh God, I didn't see her and I can't think of her name. Oh, I know. Oh. I have to cut this out. Yeah, we'll probably leave it in. Uh, but in one of her memorable quotes, she told Leslie, Leslie, you have to trust me because, and listen to me very closely, I don't care enough about you to lie to you. And that's exactly how I feel about U.S. soccer. I don't oh. care enough about you to lie to you and tell you something's good when it's not. And that was uh, Jennifer Barkley. Yes, Jen Barkley. Jen Barkley. If you say one more word, you will literally owe me $1,000. And she was actually Bobby Newport's campaign manager. Yes, she was Bobby Newport's and then uh, the robot guy um, that Ben did the report for the the campaign for. And then the guy in Florida. Oh, it's great. Oh, Catherine Hahn is magnificent. She's amazing. And then, of course, she also has uh, Charles Boyle's uh, refrigerated semen. So that's good. Charles Boyle. God. Oh, Charles Boyle. It's a great show. There, there's, it's so funny. And we'll, I promise we'll get to the watch four. This is actually a great way to do it. Um, my, my girlfriend and I watch a, uh, a guy on uh, YouTube who likes to play through uh, Mario Maker levels. And very wholesome guy. But he says things sometimes. And it's just like you are the most Charles Boyle person ever. Like, do you, do you, do you not hear what you're saying? Like, he's like... Guys, just always remember, when it, when in doubt, go down. I'm like, do you do you really hear what you're saying, right? And it's like he he you can tell, like he's just saying take the the lower pathway on the level, but it's like, and there's he there's no like look of recognition on his face that what he just said is the biggest double entendre ever. But it's like, dude, are you you're really not hearing this? Help me, I've gone full boil. Really. Oh man! So speaking of of Charles Boyle, and they'll they'll be back in in the coming months um, as Fall TV is getting ready to start again. Wes, what are you watching in the week that was or the week that will be? You must be super excited about the El Camino trailer that just dropped. I am, but here's my thing: mm-hmm. since I haven't made it all the way through, <laughs> breaking, I'm I'm like refusing to watch a tra- good call. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, um, I'm on schedule of getting to uh, through all of um, Breaking Bad by the time El Camino comes, a few days behind schedule. So um, I'm trying to pick that up and keep pushing through. I'm about midway through season three right now. Oh boy. Six seasons or five? I think it's five. Okay. So I guess I'm about halfway through the series right now. Okay. Man. Mm. no one knew it's a really good series <laughs> wow I mean why didn't more people talk about it while it was on? <sighs> you know, next I hear tell of some uh, underground show called The Sopranos what I don't I don't know I heard that ended bad don't don't worry about that Folks, I'm, I'm, West, I'm Wes Bradshaw and I vain pop culture <laughs> I'm amazing uh, no I haven't been watching that um, I have not started it yet, but uh, American Horror Story is into week two. Oh, yeah, uh, I saw that. Is back. God, there's so much good stuff on right now. 
Um, I'm just uh, with with my with my day to day schedule work and life at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may be it may truly be November. I can sit down and really start catching up on stuff. Well um, then, but uh, but it's it's all good. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Uh, some big news: Seinfeld is yeah, Netflix, which really makes my life because sometimes I just want to watch some damn Seinfeld, <laughs> and now I get to all the time, which is just going to be great. Um, saw a few movies this week. Got some movies coming out. I'm excited about. Mm-hmm. We'll hit a few of those this second. But uh, this week, Ed saw Downton Abbey. Oh, yes. Oh, Mrs. Padmore, <laughs> Lady Edith, Mr. Carlson. <laughs> oh, the King and the Queen came. It was lovely. What a night. What an evening at Downton. <laughs> oh, gracious. I swear. I looked over and I thought I saw Roger Bennett. Would have been magnificent. Absolutely. Uh, what's this this week? I saw, oh, and the ultimate, I'm going to throw you a bone here. Ultimate date movie. Are you ready? I'm ready. Rambo Last Blood. <laughs> sure. Okay. That is, that is if your date is like, a, and, um, you know, you're just out for that last blood. Um, now, let, let's, let's take a quick moment to remember that the movie First Blood, the first time we ever met John, mm-hmm. was a very good movie. It was a good movie. It, it, it hit on some big social issues at the time about, you know, not fitting back into society. It really touched some things. Even Rambo 2, when we were starting to get into more of the shoot 'em up, you know, we touched on uh, the POW uh, crisis of POWs being left behind in Vietnam. There was stuff there. Okay, Rambo 3, we went to Afghanistan, we fought the communists. Yeah, communists. After that, it's kind of getting a little... Yeah, Rambo 4, a lot of shooting. Don't really know what the back of that was. And in Rambo 5, we tackled human trafficking. Oh. Sexual slavery, things like that. And basically, Rambo has just evolved into finding to kill people now. And we're doing it gruesomely, and we're going to say fuck about four times. When do we start uh, thinking that uh, Rambo is actually the bad guy? Well, no. I mean, let, let's put it this way. There, Rambo was definitely not the villain of this movie. Is he? No, no, no. Because, because the bad they were ultra bad. Okay. You know, they were they were a little comically over bad at times. Um, uh, you know, this movie's being called an ultra like, like gore fest. Oh boy. Um, yeah, and uh, there was one disturbing uh, media where they said uh, Rambo paints human traffickers in a bad light. No, no, there's no bad light for human traffickers. They're human traffickers. That that's bad all around. There's nothing redeemable. If you tra- if you kidnap and traffic young women, there's no redeeming quality about you. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't really agree with that one. I mean, let's put it this way: these guys got their desserts. It was just a little overboard at times. Mm. Um. So yeah, take your date. Take your eighty year old mother. Make her think she's going to see down to that. She will be surprised. 
Oh boy. <laughs> Should be surprised. Um, in the coming out mode, um, a big movie we might coming up in the next month because I believe we're both in to see this. Uh, Joker starts next week. Um, what are your thoughts? I know originally we seemed like I'm still in on Joker. I'm I'm very intrigued by Joker. I, but I, I know there are a lot of differing thoughts out there on this. I've never see the problem is I've never been super big into the DC world Understand. anyway. I've still never seen fully the entire uh, Dark Knight trilogy. Like I would advise to see that because it is very undecent. <laughs> I I uh I was actually watching it at one point because my dad really liked it, um, right. and my dad was watching it while I was home one weekend, uh, the second one because it was the one with Heath Ledger in it, um, right, and right. so I was like half watching it from uh, my spot on the couch with the with my laptop, so it was it was fine. It just it also didn't make me really want to watch any more of them just was like okay this is this is fine i see i see the appeal to people it's just Mm -hmm. it's not for me it's 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 not for me so i i don't i don't really foresee myself going out and seeing the joker i'm sure there's a Mm -hmm. chance it could be very good i'm sure there's a chance it could be absurdly bad a walking phoenix is in it so you never know Joaquin Phoenix goes from either like super genius to super what the hell has just happened. Pretty much. Sometimes in the same movie. So. Yes. I mean, he goes from genius to train wreck like <laughs> very easily. That um, is true. Well, with this one, this one really, Joker's got me just, you know, some of the things that has some people really nervous about the out of this movie, and that's the uh, the mental health. Yeah. Because that's really what this is. I mean, this isn't a Batman superhero movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, some people are thinking that the kind of twist of it is that this isn't the guy who's going to, quote, be the Joker. Mm-hmm. But this is going to be the guy who, quote, like, inspires the real Joker. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I think there's a... there. Let's, this movie has a lot of... to be absolutely fantastic. Um, but I think it also is walking a line where it could completely go off the rails and turn into a massive dumpster fire. Yeah, it's it's really hard for me to... I, I get the idea of anti-hero movies and like, hey, mm-hmm. hey, you and I both, we love Deadpool. He's oh, yeah. he's a big old anti-hero who, who, loves, who loves doing shoot bangs and, and killing people. I, I get that. And breaking the third wall. Yeah, fourth wall. <sighs> he breaks all the walls. Even even more than third. He yes. breaks the fourth. Um, I I wonder how well you can do a story, and how they're going to do it, where the the villain is the protagonist. If, if that makes sense, like mm-hmm. like I'm. I feel like I'm generally going into a story I'm supposed to sympathize or care about the 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 character right. that is the focus of the story and I don't know how you do that with the Joker like maybe maybe you make him I don't know I I'm very how do you make how do you make an evil psychopath sympathetic yeah cuz like hey we we've, we've seen hey Thanos in, in, in yeah. Infinity War, 
he he's but he also wasn't like super psychopathic. He no. he just he he was he took a logical conclusion to uh, an extreme it never needed to go to. Um right. and and he, it, he he had he was more like a just mm-hmm. you know Thanos was as in Thanos had uh, the word is Thanos had like a dogma mm-hmm. yes and it was like okay this is what needs to happen and I don't see where I'm doing anything wrong at all right it's like this is you know I'm doing the right thing you may not like the way I'm doing it but I'm doing where the Joker that we know. I mean, like the Joker from The Dark Knight. Well, I know everything I'm doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it, and that's you know that's my gimmick is I'm just here to chaos and fuck with people. Right. So it's really hard. I I would not mind. I I feel like I wouldn't mind a story that is where the the Joker is the antagonist, and that's why the Joker mm-hmm. is probably one of the best DC villains. Is because right. he's a very interesting and compelling character. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if he should be, and I don't know. I again, I've never seen it, and I haven't really read up a lot about it. I don't mm-hmm. know how you make that person the main character of your movie. That's <laughs> that's where I'm like, because the Joker shouldn't be sympathetic. <laughs> like, I, I he can be understandable. He should not be sympathetic. And that's that's where I'm like, if you may, if you try to make him sympathetic, I right. start to have a problem. So I'm, I, not that I would probably have seen this movie anyway, because hey, I, I'm not mm-hmm. going to see Aquaman either, as much as I love Mr. Momoa. But <sighs> but I, something about it just doesn't sit mm-hmm. right with me. So I'm not going to stop. I'm not going right. to stop or judge anyone, including yourself who want mm-hmm. to go watch it, go for it. I hope it's great. It's just, it's not my cup of tea. Well, of course, I mean, I see movies that I maybe didn't have that much interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, my AMC Stubbs A-list yes. membership. No more I movie mean, pass. Yeah. No more movie. God, that was a joke. Um, you know, so, I mean, I get three movies, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm, I'm probably going to see something tomorrow. Cause I don't know what the hell to go see. Cause I've seen a lot of what's out already and nothing's really jumping out at me. So I might just like go see Hustlers for the hell of it because it's like the only thing there I haven't seen that looks somewhat interesting to mm-hmm. uh, strippers, by the way. Yay. Yeah. Um, yay. Uh, JLo and, um, Party B. Mm-hmm. Jesus God. I don't know. I might not go to the movies tomorrow now. We'll see. To be fair, uh, I heard that movie was really good. I did hear it was good, so I might have to actually just see it. But, um, you know, so for that reason, I'm, I'm definitely going to see it. And like I said, just with, with my career that I have normally, mm-hmm. you know, outside of this obviously lucrative uh, venture that we <laughs> undertake, of course, um, you know, to me, it does have some interest to it. I'll give you a nice review of it. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. You should see it. If nothing else, hey, wait till it red boxes or you can illegally pirate it off of the internet, whatever well, you want. We would never do that. We would not advocate that at no, all. No, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I am, I'm personally, I'm kind of excited about seeing that. And I do have a nice list of movies that are coming out soon that I'm interested in seeing. Uh, so I'll hit those as they come. The other one, real quick, zombie. 
Yeah, I saw that. That's that looks really good. Zombie Lab, Double Tap, Eisenberg, Stone, Harrelson, Luke Will. Oh. I'm very excited. I'm I'm yeah, very excited. There's, there's mine. Uh, when does that movie come out? Um, Zombie Land, I think it's a, that's a. I'll give you a date really quick when I find it. All right. Well, while you find that date, oh, I got to do October eighteenth. Hey, that that's pretty good. Um, that's a that's is that a Saturday? Well, no, everything comes out on a Friday. Uh, Officially. Uh... It's oh, a week after Friday. To the oh, weird. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna work that weekend, but I'll hit it sooner or later. Nice. Um, all right. So there you go. That's that. Uh I hey, like I said last week, uh I'm getting ready for Fall TV to start. Um uh, and, and we have big, big shows coming. Um Superstore, The Good Place, and Sunnyside all premiering their new seasons, including Sunnyside being its series premiere um tonight at 9 30 on nbc the good place starts its final season at nine and uh superstore kicks off at eight so big big stuff there um still waiting on some other shows to come back including uh brooklyn 99 um we, we, we need the 99 back in the live so 99 so that'll be that'll be a lot of fun when they come back but but uh fall tv is set to make its glorious return and speaking of glorious returns wes Next Friday starts the return of SmackDown to network television. Yes. No. Um, no. Well, I mean, when you say television, I mean it's been on USA. Uh, before that, it was on like ESPN or something. So it's going to Fox, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Network television. Nailed it. Got it. Let's get hey. so raw. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty then. Um, I just time wise, I didn't get a chance to really catch this week. Uh, so in ring, don't have much to talk. But you know, as you said, big debuts coming up. Um, uh, coming up soon. Uh, NXT just tonight had their second week of live television, uh, which is just, I mean, that, that's been huge. Apparently, they did really well on that. Mm. Um, as you said, uh, next Friday, October the 4th, um, that will be SmackDown Live debuting on Fox. Um, that is the big piece of that massive, massive uh, payout yeah. that Fox is giving to WWE. Uh, definitely something to look forward to. But to me, even more exciting than that, next Wednesday night, I will try to catch some of it. Um while uh, before we do the show and report on it, AEW Dynamite debuts on mm. TNT, mm. two-hour show, um, and and they have set they have set the card for the opening. You'll give me just a moment. I will find that. Um, I will find that card. But it uh, it does have definitely some interesting matches. Uh, they've already um, first match on AEW television is going. Feature Cody Rhodes. Hmm. Of course, Cody Rhodes, one of the absolute top guys. Uh, in, I mean, he's one of the owners of the help start the company. So he is going to debut <clears throat> the company. We're going to have an AEW Women's Championship match. Nyla Rose versus. Uh, they are going to be battling for the vacant title. So one of them will become the 
first ever women's champion on AEW. That match will be on open TV. Uh, the one that I think has everyone the most excited, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks are taking on Chris Jericho and two mystery partners. Ooh. That's about as hot a feud as there is right now on AEW. Uh, Jericho is the AEW champion. Uh, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Uh, the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes pretty much run the company. Um, and when I say own, it's actually owned by the family. Hmm. Um, Tony Khan, Shad Khan, of course, Shad Khan owns, I believe, still owns Fulham. Mm-hmm. And, of course, owns some NFL team. Basically, the Jacksonville Jaguars with the greatest NFL shoot at the moment. Bortles! Oh, no, Bortles is so gone. Oh, it is all, it's the Gardner Minshew. Seen anything about Gardner Minshew? Maybe on Facebook, anything? No idea who that is. Gardner Minshew is a freaking legend. Um, he dresses like a 70s porn actor. Um, has a glorious, glorious porn mustache, uh, is a former East Carolina quarterback of all time. Went to East Carolina, graduated, became a grad transfer, went to Washington State, finished like fifth in the Heisman because, you know, uh, Thomas Sirk had to start at East Carolina over him. Good job, Scotty Montgomery, you jag off. And basically he is just like the great, he quote machine ever, and he's coming in throwing for like three. So very fun. You should just uh, just Google Gardner Minshew anyway. <clears throat> uh, but Kenny Omega and the Bucks. Omega the Bucks are hot. Chris Jericho's hot. That's going to be a killer, awesome match. Uh, Hangman Adam Page going to be taking on Pac. Pac, formerly known as Adrian... Um, God, I've forgotten who he was. Adrian Neville. He was Neville in WWE. Neville. Uh, was the NXT champion for like a year. Was really, really good. Um, that's going to be a big match. Uh, Hangman, Pay, Pac will be good. Uh, MJF versus Brandon Cutler. MJF is getting some absolute major heel love. Uh, part of Cody Rhodes' quote family uh, in AEW right now. That's going to be good. John Moxley's going to be there. That's the former Dean Ambrose. Uh, he is a fantastic loose cannon character. He's going to be great. And uh, Cody Rhodes has stated at this point, we've only seen about 40% of the AEW roster. Uh, which means, um, you know, we could see there, there's no telling who. So uh, there's a good chance we'll have a surprise debut or two. Um, uh, yeah, the, the big putting around is sign CM Punk. Mm. But that has not been confirmed by anyone. And CM Punk's like, told you assholes, I'm not coming back to wrestling. <laughs> so, um, you know, we'll we'll see. That would be the ultimate. Um, is if CM Punk showed up, but uh, that's going to be October, and then October fourth, SmackDown Live debuts. It'll be the uh, NXT on television. Folks, I'll tell you, this is this is what I've been waiting for. This 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 could be the revolution of wrestling to come back, um, because now you've got NXT and you've got AEW coming to television. Uh, this this could be big. I'm excited. Uh, I hope I hope going forward, so elite back to some of its former luster that we had on here yes. when I actually watched the product. <laughs> um, I don't know if I can pull off. That would be three, five, seven. I don't think I can watch eight hours. Oof. Sorry, that's rough. <laughs> but I will do what I can. I will do what I can, folks at home who love slowly draw. 
Um, or at least used to love So Elite Raw, or as it used to be known, So Raw. Yeah. I'm going to try, folks. I, I promise you I'm going to try. So uh, next week, I said when AEW comes, fine. Uh, I'm going to try to bring you guys some good stuff next week. And and we we believe in you. We believe that you can do it, Wes Bradshaw. Oh, wait. I just thought I'm working next week. So. <laughs> hey, there you go. So next week. So you're not getting shit from me next week. You'll get it all. <laughs> there you go there you you're, go you're welcome for getting your hopes up <laughs> that's what you get america that's what you get <laughs> next uh, week you get infield corner and that's it for me there you go uh, so that is going to do it though for this week of the uh, foreign fair podcast uh big thanks as one again to uh, our our uh <laughs> language uh big thanks to ngsc sports and ngscsports.com as well as alicia's pillows and things you can find them on social media as well as us as a collective we are at afa pod on the twitter and wes you are i'm at west bradshaw 21 and i've got a harvey there you go i'm at edward green you can also find us on facebook instagram and youtube via our parent show the all new sports show. And you can email us at all new sports show at gmail.com. Thanks to all our podcast providers, including podbean.com, Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Play Music, and the iTunes Music Store. Um, so, as Wes mentioned, uh, we will be back sort of next week uh, where, where Wes will be bringing us Anfield Corner and I will be recapping uh, this week in uh, Premier League action. Um, but until then, Wes, before we get out of here, anything else you'd like to add? Well, this is in the fall. This kind of become cool. And uh, we saw scene of the season this past week: Tarbor and Southwest Edgecombe. The Tarbor Vikings pull away late. Well, they don't really pull. Well, they do pull away, but they hold a lead. Late, a twenty-four-seven win over Southwest Edgecombe, um, capped at the end by a ninety-yard interception return for touchdown uh, by Tarbor. They are once again the dominant team in the area, maybe in the state. Um, surprisingly, a big game this week. Southwest Edgecombe. And Ooh. Somehow they're combined seven and two. Wow! So with both, with their only. Hmm. Hmm. So um, other than that, you know, other than play juggernaut that is the Tarbar Vikings, they're <laughs> undefeated. So uh, looking forward to a good game there. So of course I have right. Mass Central, of course, which I'm expecting to be, uh, say, 51 to 23. Yay. So anyway, you know me. I know how to pick them. Oh, of course. What do I go for, Ed? I go for air conditioning. <laughs> air September. conditioning and what's close to Wes. There you go. What's more convenient for <laughs> Ah, but uh, yeah, we're getting, but after that, man, hell, we're it is high school football is in full swing, man. Uh, play, we'll have a game this. Jump into cop play, so the season nearly half over already. It's crazy, and it's going to be ninety three degrees tomorrow in North Carolina. Yay, North Carolina, Greta. Why is it so damn hot? I was just thinking that it was. I think it was last week. I was like looking at the weather. I was like, oh yeah, you know we're starting to hit like. Mid to low 80s. Yeah, this is good. This is good. This is exactly what it should be. And it's like, no, just kidding. It was in the 70s. You remember what it was in the 70s for like a week? Yeah. yeah that was, that was, I have the chart, the 13 seasons of North Carolina. That was false fall. Uh, and now we're into second summer. 
Oh. After Second Summer, we get apparently real fun. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then we get winter, fall, spring, uh, second winter, then the pollening comes, <laughs> and then the mudding, and then spring. Oh. I love North Carolina weather. It's the best. Yeah, I'll have to send you that list so you know where we are. Well, while you do that, I will bid the rest of our listeners adieu for the episode 281 of the A Foreign Affair podcast. He's Wes Bradshaw. I'm Edward Green. Thanks so much for joining us here, everyone. And as always, going into this weekend, stay safe and enjoy the football. And good night, Tottenham Hotspur. I know somewhere you guys have a win in. We know it. I believe in you. We got it, boys. We got it. Sure. We're at home, so it'll be fine. Good point. That'll help. Yeah. We don't lose at home. This show is sponsored by Alicia's Pillows and Things. Check out the Facebook page, Alicia's Pillows and Things where you will find home decor you will not be able to resist at prices anybody can afford. Check out the pillows and stools of your favorite sports teams. Maybe you want a set of your kid's favorite cartoon or movie character. You can also get full body and neck pillows as well. Log on to NGSCSports.com and go to the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab on the homepage to complete your order. It makes a great gift for Christmas at an affordable price. NGSC Sports. We never stop. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop.